0: back to Chaos in Christ Podcast. This is your host, Alexi Felix. I appreciate you stopping by. Today, uh, let's dive into some scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and really just being able to accept the thorns in our lives, right? The thorn in our flesh that causes us torment, pain, and problems. And this um, was really inspired by uh, my mom, actually. Uh, had a conversation with her a little while ago and I don't think I was able to finish it. it's it's quite a thing where I get into that and something interrupts it and we we just our attention spans are not really <laughs> that great or someone else wants to come in and bring their opinions and um, the the point gets lost and I know that she's not the only one who's dealing with this. And I know that yeah, at some point I dealt with this in my own way, and there are people dealing with it today. Okay, so I am praying that God would just give me the wisdom to do this the right way. My my intention is not to take scripture out of context. I hate when that happens, and you know, I love the the word of God and I, I love the Lord more than anything, and I don't want to take his word out of context. So um, but just go ahead and read. Uh, starting in verse 1 of chapter twelve, Second 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul uh, is basically talking about visions and then a thorn. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So, you know, before I just go any further, I just see that. So he's going he's going on boasting. But he's letting you know that it. he's not doing it because he's going to gain anything out of it. In fact, anything he's about to say right now just shows that there's nothing to gain from it there's nothing that he can possibly receive that you could add to him and and by him doing this is going to fulfill some sort of hidden agenda right this boasting as you're going to see right now isn't even a boasting of himself all right and then he goes on to you know basically give you the idea of who he's talking about which is not him he's talking about someone who he knows that's in the lord who's a christian who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven And whether he was in the body or out of the body, he admits that he does not know. But then he says, but God knows. And that's really all that matters. And and look, I'll just say this. In our culture, we really spin out of control with these type of questions. Was it in the body or was it out of the body? Well, you know, there's a lot of texts and scriptures or ancient writings found from the ground that it was proven that it was aliens that did this and then tapped into the body and blah, 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 blah. you know like they get lost into this this stuff is just what what really drives people and it just it irks me a little bit because we're missing the point here paul saying he doesn't know god knows give it back to god he's just trying to give you the the context of the whole thing that he's trying to convey give it back to god move on it doesn't matter whether he was in the body or not out of the body. It doesn't matter. Verse 4. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. That's another thing, too. You know, we got a lot of authors out today. And in the past, I remember there were some books where someone got to visit hell. 15 minutes in hell or something like that. And then heaven. And then they got to meet the angels. And they had like seven installments of books. And and I look at the scripture and... and if this man, 14 years ago, was not able to tell anyone about what he saw, which man may not utter, what what gives us the right to, quote-unquote, have these visions that God took you to heaven to show you and then hell to show you so that you could publish books and tell everyone about it? People aren't converted just because they know heaven is real or, or hell is real. I don't think that, I mean, we. they need to know that hell is real. And the scriptures teach it, for sure. But it's, it's a selling point to like, all right, so get right with Jesus. No, it, it starts in the heart. This is why I don't buy into any of their stuff anymore. It's all lies, all right? So, verse 5, on behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of what? My weaknesses. Though, if I wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. Interesting. What he can boast about, the experiences that he's been through, what God has done, how God has revealed himself on the road to Damascus, how he's blinded him, how he, I mean, he could do this, right? How the Holy Spirit used them in the apostles to do miraculous things. He could use this as a means of boasting, but he does not do so because he does not desire that men and women will look upon him as someone who's special and to be admired. Because Paul understands the heart of man and how easily we are to worship idols and idols could become anything in our lives anything even our own health he doesn't want people to see him as a, something more than than what he is or or to to take on more from what they hear from him and and kind of place him on a pedestal so check this out verse 7 to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. I mean, Paul knew some stuff, enough to, to blow one's head up, clearly. And he, he could recognize this because he knows that there's a, a susceptibility and a potential for him to grow conceited because of these revelations. Otherwise, he wouldn't say that because he has acknowledged what he's about to say next as something that was given to him to make sure he does not become conceited because of the, the greatness of the revelations. Going on, it says, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. Do you hear that language? A thorn was given to me, given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan himself to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And then Paul goes on in verse 8 to say that three times, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, I, I was inspired by this from my mom. We were having a conversation at the table, and typically for some reason, when I get into these conversations, we our attention span don't last, something interrupts it, and I couldn't really finish these thoughts. So she started to admit in in in, in paraphrase that you know she's prayed and she's wondered why God hasn't healed her from her asthma. Anyone who knows my mom would know that she has severe chronic asthma those that don't know now know this and it's been like that since i could remember and it's been like that for her whole entire life essentially since she was a little girl and she's always had some severe chronic asthma my mom can't walk up the stairs without possibly feeling like she's run a marathon and needing an inhaler and seasons kick in Something, you know, like the pollen in the air or whatever that could trigger allergies, which she also has severe allergies, which triggers the asthma. My mom has been on prednisone, has done breathing treatments, has had inhalers all her life. I can remember a time in Florida where we were walking and the sun was beaming so badly that my mom was having an asthma attack. And she almost thought that she was not going to make it and that she was trying to inform us what we must do in order to find help and just keep moving forward. I don't know why we were walking so far. I can't remember what happened to us. We did some traveling, uh, maybe on a bus or taxi. I have no idea. But we had a long way to go and we were trying to hustle it. But. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The the heat was bad. And I got pissed off with her because she was all, you know, talking about the end is nigh. And I just got mad and I just started telling her, heck no, we're going to keep going. Don't talk like that. And and I eventually found a place with air conditioning and a phone. phone. But it was a very scary moment for me to see that there was such a weakness in my mom that it was really debilitating her. She herself possibly couldn't see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. She's had that weakness for a very long time. And you know what? I get it. I 100% get it. I've had asthma-like symptoms. Whenever I get sick, somehow I I, I get a bit of a trigger of it. And I know what it's like to wheeze. I know what it's like to not be able to breathe and then to cough and then try to gasp for air. And the wheezing part is honestly the worst. The worst. Because it's like you know you can't breathe and it's just this constant battle and struggle for air. And it's controlling constricting and you feel like you're literally every breath you take is like it gets shorter and cut shorter so I've been able to experience it in different glimpses in my life especially if I got sick with pneumonia my goodness that, that that hit me hard where I realized man I don't know how my mom does this she's done this her whole life her whole life and I don't know how she does it but she does it but I know that like any other any other human being it, it weighs on you and you get fed up with it because it debilitates you from being able to participate in things you would probably do because you realize you don't have that opportunity while other people take it for granted right because they don't have that ailment they don't have that debilitating uh sickness that doesn't allow them to move in a specific way In a purposeful way. Like me personally, I love being in the gym. I love working out. I love being active. I love hearing my heart pumping. My mom really can't do that. She can't do that. Because asthma attack will be triggered. 100%. So she can't go as hard as I do in the gym. And that's something I love. Like I appreciate it. It's a gift from God. And I love that gift. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite things. It is my therapy sessions many times. And I could take that for granted sometimes. When my mom really just can't do it like that. So it's it makes perfect sense to me why someone would want to pray that thing out. You know, just, I don't want this no more, God. I don't want this. I I can't even do this with my kids. It debilitates me. I almost died out in the street because I couldn't make it. And that's, you know, and I'm speaking to people who have something else other than asthma, you know, maybe you have rheumatoid arthritis and it's debilitated and disfigured your your hands and your feet. And now you are essentially disabled in specific ways of living. That's not easy. My mom takes care of a friend of hers who has that rheumatoid arthritis very severely, very bad. It, it is uh, completely reshaped her fingers, her feet. I think her back uh, and she too has been praying and God, take this away from me. Take it away from me what else i mean cancer right that comes around out of nowhere you don't want that and some people then go into remission but have to live the rest of their lives with with a certain lifestyle that they have to take medication for a best friend of mine for six years had full kidney failure he was on um dialysis full kidney failure six years and by the grace of God, he got a kidney transplant. But to this day, he still has to rely on medication in order for the body not to reject the kidney, right? These are these are thorns in the flesh. Thorns in the flesh. Now, I can't say I had that exactly. Um, I have more of a, an embarrassing ailment. Uh and and it caused a lot of depression, so whatever you know it's definitely not asthma but i had a severe severe attack of acne even to this day if i'm not careful with what i do and eat it could go bad and i'm not just talking a little acne i'm talking about big deep boil type of acne where it itches and it spreads all over and it hurts psychologically debilitating it messes you up it puts you in a dark place i've dealt with that for years years sometimes it resurfaces not as bad as it was when i was a lot younger but it resurfaces and those feelings come right back and i just get down real down that's a thorn in my flesh other people have different thorns in their flesh that maybe is a little bit more hidden than others. Maybe one would judge and say, that's not as bad as mine. Be careful when you do that, okay? Because you don't know what it does to that other person. I've, I I had a lot of anger and depression because of those things in my life. A lot. I had to go to high school with that. And it was again, it wasn't just some small little breakouts here and there that you could make fun of and kind of move past. This was with me even into middle 20s until I figured out what was happening and what what was really causing it. And so now I have to attack it in specific ways. And those that know me know I can't have dairy or do anything with cheese or anything like that. And that's why. That is why. Because, yes, I'm lactose intolerant and that affects me too. Like my stomach will, you know, receive it. But it it affects my skin and it affects my hormone levels. And then it just... If I have a full-on diet of cheese and dairy products of any sorts, it will put me in a very very bad place where i don't want to show my face i'd rather isolate myself from the world it's really tough okay but she was you know praying like why god hasn't taken that away from her and i and a part of this comes from uh theology that isn't necessarily correct all right I say this very respectfully and humbly as much as, as possibly as i can because of the church that i know she goes to and i came out of Very prosperity driven, very word of faith driven, life and death in the power of tongue, taking that out of context and then applying that with, you know, yet to speak health into your life and stuff like that. I'm not one to say God can't heal someone. Really, I'm not. God can do whatever he pleases. He is God. He is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. But here's my thing. It's our discontentment with where God has us in our situation right now. Because of these ailments, because of these thorns in our flesh that cause us embarrassment, pain, hardship, calamities, weaknesses, persecutions, right? All these things that we wish we did not have to deal with, but, but we are literally going through. And we go to church and they're telling us to give more. We have to be more faithful in our giving. We need to confess this more. But nothing changes. You have to then eventually smell the roses and realize, yo, nothing has changed. I have been practicing this type of, of living in theology, and nothing has changed. Right? Because maybe God has allowed it. Can he not? He did it to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul here is admitting that because there was a potential of becoming conceited, Because of the surpassing greatness and knowledge that he had of the revelations that he had, a thorn was given to him in the flesh. Given by who? A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. To keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. How many of you guys have been praying for God to have asthma leave you? How many of you guys have been praying to the Lord and and just want to not be persecuted all the time at work because of your faith? How many of you have been praying to the Lord to to get rid of the cancer or the or the rheumatoid arthritis or or the whatever? I mean, there's a lot of ailments out there. I could just Put it all out there, right? And just list it out. Think of your ailment. Think of your hardship. Think of the insults you've been receiving. Think of all your weaknesses. How many times have you been praying to God for that and nothing has been taken away? That you still have it. And then you start to question God and think, God, do you even care about me? Am I someone that you love? Because that's what I used to do. I used to do that so much when it came down to my acne. I would hate myself. I would hate my face. I would just... I mean, I prayed, I tried products, I did everything, everything. And then I would be like, God, why, why, why me? Why me? Why does everybody else get to live a certain way with confidence, but not me? Why not me? And you know what? Considering my 20s, the things I did, the sins I found myself in, I can see why God gave that to me today. And why it will still be with me for the rest of my life. I believe it because to this day I'm 31 years old and if I you know don't get down with uh, the right diet and the right things that I put into my body I could revert right back to, to my teenage early 20 years and it could just be the same thing over and over again I don't even, I honestly don't think it's gonna leave me ever it's left me scars it, I mean those that look at my face could see it directly with their own two eyes what it's left me with. And it was a thorn given to me in order for me not to be conceited. Because even with this, you know, with this problem, I still pursued things in this world that led led me to real bad destruction and pain in my life. So I can imagine if I never had that issue, what sort of conceitedness I would have had, the arrogancy in, inside my heart, and what it done to me, what where it could have led me. We we have to think this way. We have to understand that, that God has allowed these things. But why? When, when Paul pleaded with the Lord and he asked for it to, to leave him, all that God responded was, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God uses vessels of clay that are beat, battered, and bruised for his glory. He uses the unlikely, the least likely, the rut of the whole litter. Like the you're, you're, you're the black sheep of the family. He uses you. That's the business he likes to work in for some reason. That's how he's chosen. it. He's chosen those that have these issues, right? And he uses it for his glory and he shows his power through your weakness. Isn't that something? And this is why, then, Paul, with that understanding, when he got when he got the answer he was looking for, well, actually, he wasn't looking for that answer, but he finally got an answer that the, the the grace that God provides is sufficient, and that's all he needs, and his power is made perfect in Paul's weaknesses. Paul therefore says, "I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." Heck yeah. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong, not of your own strength, but strong in Christ, because Christ is now resting on you. That means you you have to then take the focus from you and turn it back to christ and that's why we don't want these things we don't want these ailments we don't want the insults we don't want the hardships we don't want the persecutions because we desire to save our lives here and we love ourselves a little bit more in the flesh than we do christ and that's the truth the truth is you may never actually get rid of whatever that is in your life it might not ever go away Again, I'm not limiting God. Don't get all crazy on me. I'm not saying God can't heal you because if he does, all glory and praise to God anyway, right? Because even if he does, it has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with your extravagance or how long you prayed for it or what you had to go through and most people would take it around and make blog posts and create stories for themselves and then create a following and they'll give it to God right but they really harp on their perseverance and on their uh their fortitude on trusting God but it's it's them it's all about them so even if he does heal you is it about you and, put it like this, if you get the healing, but Christ isn't the center of your world, Christ isn't all that you need, and was always all that you needed, even with the problems in your life, then what happens when you get the healing? Your, your, your heart will be revealed. If your heart isn't inclined, if it isn't transformed, regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you are not in Christ, right, because you can't get to Christ on your own will. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. So if your heart isn't really truly converted and transformed for the desires of the Lord and that He alone is all that you need, His grace is sufficient. If that is not enough, that the minute you get your healing, you might just revert back to the little devil that you were always deep down inside. Remember, we are at war with our flesh here. We're no longer held bondage to sin. We are no longer a slave to sin. We we have the power to resist and, re, and and turn from it and repent and run to Christ. But it is only in Christ, His righteousness, His justice, His mercy, His strength, that you are able to persevere through anything. His grace is sufficient for you. So instead of being so determined to get rid of that ailment, start to be all the more glad and boast in it. Boast in your weaknesses. Boast in it because it's not about you. It is about Christ. And if your love and desire is truly for that of the Lord, then you want his power to rest upon you for the sake of Christ so that others can know Christ. And then in that alone, whatever comes your way, you're going to be content to have it. If anything, you'll accept it and want it more because for when you are weak, then you are strong because God is then glorified and then men and women's lives will be forever changed with the message of the gospel that comes out of your mouth because God uses you in your weakened state. What? So I all the more am glad and I'm so grateful and and it took me so long to get here, but I'm so happy that God allowed me to go through that. That embarrassing time of my life, that very hard time of self-loathing and depression and just wanting to never be outside in front of people. My confidence was shot. I just didn't have that. I didn't have it. But his grace is sufficient because I know that it's still with me. (laughs) It's still with me and it could come back and surface. And at the end of the day, it's not about me. Cause it's about Christ, and that's the personal chaos that we deal with on an everyday basis, and it it is tough. And I'm not again, I'm not taking it away. It's okay to to feel that feeling, right? Because it just drives you back to the Lord. It just drives you back to God. All right, I've seen uh, scriptures and Psalms where men would pray to the Lord and they speak in a certain way that you kind of wonder like, yo, can you even talk like that to God? Like they would talk and say, God, I'm just nothing to you. You have just left me. Why have you let the enemies overtake me? Why did you not save me? God be my fortress. What's going on? Like they, they were going through tough, tough times and they're coming to God. Like, why are you letting this happening or this happen to me? But they were talking to God. They knew that the source of all that they needed, the strength that they needed, the answer that they needed, just the, the, the true venting that they needed to get out was to the one who has their lives in the palm of his hands, and that is in Christ and in Christ alone. May our hearts be inclined in that way. May our hearts be so for the Lord, for the fact that he came and he took our sins and he was pierced on the cross for that sin so that we can be reconciled through Christ alone to the Father and be forgiven of our sins. If you haven't gone to that point yet, you need to really self-examine yourself and see where you're at in your walk with Christ because he is our prized possession Even if I have acne for the rest of my life, even if you have asthma for the rest of your life, even if you are handicapped then for the rest of your life, even if you become an amputee and now you have one leg for the rest of your life, one arm for the rest of your life, no arms for the rest of your life, God can still use you and get glory through you, through your weakness. And what we are to do is to give glory back to him because it was never about us anyway. I hope this brings you encouragement. God wants to use you through that weakness. And if your desire is to be used by God for His glory, to live out your life for for eternal promise, then this should give you hope. And this should set you free. This should set you free from feeling like you're doing something wrong because you're not healed yet. Be free in Christ and know that His grace is sufficient. I hope you found value. I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it drives you back to Christ and, and realigns your affections towards him. P- please share this with someone else. Whoever you know deals with this issue, please share it. It's important. I want them to be encouraged as well. Follow this podcast. I want to do more of these things. Let me know what what more you want to hear about. Go to the show notes in the link. There's going to be my website, chaosandchrist.com. You can leave me a voice message. You can tell me what you want to hear. I could even add it to the podcast, whatever. Email me. Uh, I'll have my email there as well let me know what you want me to talk about what you're what you're dealing with what i could pray about whatever i want to be of service to you okay so with that i'm out i'm gonna take care of some things but just remember that in the midst of chaos christ is there god bless you